What does the word will mean? What does the word bondage mean? Why did the fish have to eat Jonah? All of those things could come up in a worship service, but how do they sound to someone who's unchurched, who isn't that knowledgeable about scripture, or who may even be a child. Today we are talking about language that we use in our worship services. My name is Brad and welcome to The Daily Lead. Well, language is an important part of how we communicate, right? Um, and I bring up those questions because I want to talk today a little bit about the words that we use within our worship services, right? Let's go back to the word will, right? We seldom use will as a noun in our vocabulary anymore outside of a legal document, right? When we hear will, we hear, we think, and we hear about making a will, a document, right? If I use the term God's will, that's something totally different. And especially if I use the term God's will with college students, with people who might not be very churched, uh, with those who might not have as much biblical knowledge as I do, do they know what to make of that phrase, God's will? Look, at the very beginning, as I said yesterday in the opening, I try to create a culture that is clear that everyone, regardless of what they believe or where they are on their journey of life, is welcome to attend our worship gatherings. But if I truly want to include people from any type of belief system or anywhere along a faith journey, I have to be attentive as a leader to the language I use when talking about faith. And it's very easy for us to revert to insider Christian language, to default to using the shorthand phrases we've used most of our life for theological concepts, right? Let's take the word bondage, for instance. In our Evangelical Lutheran Worship Hymnal, it says in the Confession, Gracious God, we confess to you now that we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves. That word was used for a long time. I think now they changed the word captive, that we are captive to our sins, which is a whole lot better, right, uh, than the word bondage, because let's face it, um, if someone who's unchurched hears the word bondage, they may quickly begin to ask themselves the question, what kind of church is this, really? <laughs> right? Uh, and so it's not that the Christian lingo or discourse has never has a place. I'm not saying that. But we do need to make sure that we aren't using what is called Christianese, Right? And so what we've tried to do in my place is kind of we've kept the overall feel of 
a Lutheran worship service, but we tried to not use insider language. Not only that, but I've also tried to bring in our mission and our vision language into the language that we use within worship, right? Um, like in our confession, uh, uh, we talk about how we have not loved you with our, all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, with all of our mind, and we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. Well, that goes straight to our purpose statement of loving God and loving others, right? Um, help us to be a community that strives for justice and peace in all the earth. That's what we're trying to accomplish, right? Um, and then in the absolution, right? Uh, our absolution, our confession actually happens right before communion, not at the very beginning of worship, because I tried to tie confession into the promise that the sacrament of Holy Communion holds for us. So then following communion, our absolution um, is brothers and sisters through the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our sins are forgiven. And in this meal, we remember and we celebrate the new life that we have in Christ now, because you have been given this new life, I ask you to live your lives in Christ, rooted and built up in Him. Love God, love others, seek to be better disciples each and every day. Right there, there's our purpose statement. Love God, love others, seek to be better disciples every day. And so I bring that language into what we do. All right? If we want our churches and ministries to be a welcoming space to newcomers, Sunday worship services, all right, um, are times where we need to constantly be alert to our presumption that we are preaching only to the choir. Being welcoming means regularly asking the question, if someone who has never read the Bible or has been to our church service before walked through our doors, would they understand what we are saying? Right? Although, it, it, like, take our creed, for example. We, all of us, we, we, we say the Apostles' Creed. But I preface the Apostles' Creed by saying these words. I say, one of the ways that we profess what we believe or what we proclaim to believe is through the words of creeds. Creeds help us to express our beliefs. So today let us express what we believe through the words of the Apostles' Creed. Oh, that's what we're doing. Okay. Otherwise, if I go straight into the creed, somebody's going, what is going on? What is with this Apostles' Creed? I don't understand what this is. I've now explained what the Apostles' Creed is and what it is used for, right? And what we are doing next. So I'm not presuming anything. And for those who have been there, those who know that, it really hasn't even bothered them that I continue to say that week and week in and week out. The, look, the best way to check our Christian lingo is to have deep and real friendships with people who aren't Christian, right? And then say, hey, let me say something to you and you tell me if you understand what I'm saying, right? Because having been raised attending church all my life, right? I just have this groove, but when I want to try to communicate about faith with people who don't share that same upbringing, there's some things and some tendencies that we have to unlearn, right? Like asking questions that people can only answer if they know the Bible, 
and we'll get into the, the preaching part later on, right? We're going to get to that tomorrow. But also, assuming people know what liturgical practices mean. Okay? I love when churches explain the meaning of confession. I love it when they, expre- uh, when they explain the meaning of the Apostles' Creed or why we share the peace. So that people understand their importance and for those who aren't believers or are new believers aren't going to feel confused, flabbergasted, or lost within our worship. So take a look at your language that you use within your worship. Because me being missional, being missional means we need to avoid insider language. All right. Well, that's all that we have for today. Uh, again, uh, please take some time, if you wouldn't mind, hitting that subscribe button and uh, leaving us a review for, uh, for us. We greatly appreciate that. It just helps people find our podcast easier. Uh, we love to know what you're thinking about this podcast as well. And as always, The Daily Lead is a podcast of the lead organization. Uh, a, the lead is a nonprofit organization that helps leaders connect to one another in order to grow and to learn. And they also help congregations connect to their communities. They have amazing tools that can help you and your congregation grow. Things like the lead journey, which is a transformational congregational process. They also help in the areas of strategic planning, coaching, and helping you find your value set. So head on over to leadconnects.org. That's leadconnects.org and see all the amazing tools and ways and resources they have to help you and your organization grow and learn. Also, we'd like to thank our podcast sponsor, GSB Fundraising. If you are a leader and need help in the areas of stewardship of capital campaigns um, and fundraising, they are your people. So head on over to gsbfundraising.com. That's gsbfundraising.com, and they'll be glad to help you out. Well, until tomorrow, everyone, tomorrow's the last day of our week. We will see you then. Take care and be well.